You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast brought to you by ascully.com. And here are your hosts, Ace Scully and Sid Talk. My before the After The Show discussion to you was, I don't know how I got around to this, but I was saying to you, is it offensive to call a woman abroad? <laughs> you asking? Yeah. You looked it up. So, it, you know, when you watch those old gangster movies, you hear those gangsters go... And that broad over there, look at her. She's very, you know what I mean? They say broad a lot. You yep. hear it all the time. I listen to a lot of old-timey radio. And I was like, I, I, I've i heard it. And I just thought it was like chick or babe, you know, that kind of thing. Which is still offensive to some people. <laughs> I was going to say, so what's your, what's your position on those? But I wasn't sure what broad was, so I went and looked it up. So I will give you the information, dear listener. Nice. The information is the uh, broad from that era is a term used by butchers, the, not murderers, butchers who butcher meat. And the term broad literally means a piece of meat with a hole in it. So, um, so yeah. So, yeah, don't call your lady abroad. Unless she likes it, it's all up to the person receiving the, <clears throat> the, the name, right? And also, we want to mention that I have, I'm starting to get sick again, as we all again, love and enjoy. If you remember, a couple of weeks ago, you were sick. <laughs> it was not a couple of weeks ago. It's been over a month. Oh. Yeah. But there you go. Got the sniffles, got the coughing. Um, it's just Sid in talk, its early stages. She's going for the world record of how many colds she can get in one year. I don't think it's a cold, but okay. What is it? I don't diagnose like people saying, oh, I've got the flu, when they don't. Well, I didn't say it was the flu. I, I don't know if cold. it's a cold either. I get really bad lung stuff very quickly. Is and it? I hope it's not that. The black lung. <laughs> I don't think, see, don't joke <laughs> about that either. That's bad. No. I mean, I don't know what my lungs look like. Are yeah, you abroad but... with a black lung? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that broad goes along with other things like dame and skirt and even chick and babe. You can say them lovingly amongst people who know what you're saying but yeah when you put it out there and figure out the origin yeah you kind of go ah, but you know you can't always worry about every freaking word you there are some where you just as a decent human being you decide why would i want to say that correct knowing knowing that someone will not only not just like get irritated and roll their eyes at me that's different than someone who truly gets their feelings hurt or feels less than themselves because you want to make a joke out of them in front of other people. There's a big difference. So, oh, this isn't the end of the show. This isn't my wisdom section. All right. So it is Saturday, April the 6th. This is after the show. We're a movie review podcast. And this is episode number 577. The movie we're looking at this week is Bumblebee. It's a 2018 release. It's released on Blu-ray this Tuesday, just gone, so you can pick it up now. It's on 4K, Blu-ray, digital. It's rated PG-13. Our friends at Paramount sent us a copy for review. And uh, Sidtot will give you the synopsis of Bumblebee. Hmm. It's the origin story of the Transformer from the Autobots called Bumblebee. Are you... Is that a robot voice? <laughs> that's my robot voice. It didn't nice. make me cough, so that's why it's... Bumblebee doesn't particularly have that kind of voice, but I'll give it you. It's all. It's just an origin story. There's nothing deep about it. There's a young person who's involved, and humanity is at risk. 
The Autobots are fighting the Decepticons. It's pretty basic stuff. Now let me uh, talk about the franchise of the Transformers. Um, it's been going for years now. This would be the seventh Transformers movie, I believe. Is it really? Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I was just looking on Michael Bay's IMDb and it said Transformers 8. It was his next movie. I don't he remember was seven of them. Hmm. Nah, I don't think that's right. I think there might be four. No, no, no. no. There's, more, there's definitely more than four. I can actually name four of them. Okay. Um, Alexa, how many Transformers <laughs> movies are there? There have been seven movies in the Transformers series. There you go. She's right. You're right. Whatever. All right, I'm this sick. Is... I'm weakened. My defenses are weakened. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there are seven. This is the seventh Transformer movie. Um, and this is the first Transformers movie not to be directed by Michael Bay, I believe. So, am I a fan of the Transformers, Sito? Uh, yeah, you're like a huge fan of the I actually have a, have a bumblebee on my shelf downstairs. I thought you were going to say I have a tattoo, and I'm like, uh, after 19 years, <laughs> I've never noticed, but you do not. No, I do not. But uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan of Transformers. Um, and, you know, the Michael Bay Transformers movies, they get a bad rap. Um, rightly so on some things, because some of the Michael Bay stuff that are in those movies are is weird. We've talked about it before. Mm-hmm. There's some weird racial stereotypes there's a lot of sexuality that doesn't really belong in it um so going into bumblebee not by michael bay but still at the same level as michael bay um it's still it doesn't feel like a cheap spin-off to me it feels like a part of transformers i have to say this is my favorite one of all the transformers movies and you know why because it doesn't have those things it doesn't, and it, and I'm not dicking on Michael Bay because I do like Michael Bay movies. You know, I, I do think he has a certain thing about him. But this is a different vibe to the to the Transformers movies. It's like I said to you, it's really family friendly. Um, it's cute, pretty family friendly. Let's not forget, people do die. People do die, but it's, it's pretty cute. gruesome as well. But it's not gruesome on the screen. It's just when you really think about it, you're like, ugh. I really like the 80s setting, even though it could become overused. This, you know, we're seeing it a lot these days, aren't we? Setting things in the 80s. But obviously, being a child of the 80s, both of us, when you hear all your favorite, you know, the songs that you're familiar with from the 80s, it has a great soundtrack, obviously. All Here's 80s. one for you. My favorite song from the 80s. Don't you forget about me. That is a song in this movie. Correct. They even I make, was like, I'm in. The even in. is a reference to The Breakfast Club. Where Bumblebee pumps his fist in the air, just like the end of the movie. Correct. Um, there's, you know, there's a, the soundtrack is all 80s. It's set in the 80s. Um, I like that. I'm predisposed to liking that because I grew up then. <laughs> um, obviously... Bumblebee Bumblebee's actually my favorite Transformer, always has been. And um So really- describe for us the moments in time when you settled on the couch with what food or drink sitting next to you and that feeling of like ah Transformers is on. Like You mean you like the cartoon that? back in the eighties? Yeah, because yeah, you knew oh, it totally. was on. 
Like yep. a certain time, did you get? Did you lay on the floor to watch it? Did you strip yourself, lay your stuff over the not strip yourself? I strip myself lay, naked. <laughs> lay yourself over the <laughs> footstool. That's how I usually watch TV. Like we had a big Ottoman thing, you know, where I could lay and then put my hands, my chin in my hands, and watched hours of TV. No, in they fact, um probably made my teeth poke out. But the uh, in in England in the eighties, uh, how Saturday morning TV worked, which is when the Transformers was on, was. The BBC, they had, they didn't have programming overnight. They they go off off air. That's right. the thing. That was the thing back then. Going off air, which was ours annoying. too. Yeah. So you there was nothing on the TV at all, like at night. Uh, I mean, in the middle of the night. So at six o'clock in the morning, it there was an hour of news, and then children's programming started at seven a.m. So I used to like sneak downstairs about six thirty a.m watch half an hour of boring news. And then as soon as the kids programming came in, which lasted from 7 a.m. till 11 a.m. Nice. And within that block of programming was Scooby-Doo, the Flintstones, the Transformers. Right on. All those things that you remember from back then. It landed that time forgot. Oh, which yeah. Which I think was land of the lost for you. Correct. They were all in that block and the Transformers was in there. And... I would not miss it. It was like a religious thing. I would come downstairs, watch it. In fact, I lived with my grandma at the time, when it, and they, they never got up till about 10.30 on a Saturday, because they were, you know. Really? Yeah, so Jesus, I just got my grandma was up by 6 a.m., so if you weren't up by 6 a.m., she was getting your ass up. Oh, no, they were, they were all in bed till about 10.30, and then when it was almost over, they would come down. So, yeah, every wow. Saturday morning. So Transformers was a big part of a lot of little boy and little girls eighties, right? Absolutely. So, um, I mean, to be fair, uh, if I saw the Transformers coming on or something like that, I would turn the channel. Well, that sucks. <laughs> because I was more into the Scooby Doo and Flintstones and all those. If it was all I had, if it's all I could watch, then yes, I would watch it. So, um, same with like He Man. Oh, love team man. Yeah, no, all that stuff. But if the Smurfs was on, I'm in. I was totally in it. My friend and I would literally sit. They'd had a whole hour of the Smurfs on at some point, and we were older then. We were like high school teenagers. Not just he man, Shira as well. That was cool. We would make a frozen pizza when we woke up early. She'd set her alarm early on a Saturday, which her little sister hated because we always wake her up accidentally. We'd put a frozen pizza in the oven because her family owned a grocery store, so we could have anything we wanted. So <laughs> we would have frozen pizza for breakfast and watch cartoons. It was great. It was great. The 80s were great. Yeah, so back to Bumblebee. It is set in the 80s. It is a prequel. And I, I love some of the stuff it kind of throws in there. Like, you know, people had complaints about the other Transformers movies that, that Bumblebee was never a Beetle. He was always a um, Camaro. But that was because, probably, probably actually because of product placement, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. you never know. I feel like Michael Bay probably got a big check from the Camaro people to have a Camaro as Bumblebee. But in the uh, cartoon, he was a beetle. And in this movie, he is a beetle. And he looks like, when he transforms, he looks like that Generation 1 Transformer, which those cartoon showed us so a little more chunky a little less streamlined yeah. yeah and you know like the complaints some people had about 
when the Transformers are fighting in the Michael Bay movies, you can't really tell what's going on. There's too much like metal flying about. You can't really see who's who. Well, this one's very... When, this, when Bumblebee's fighting in this with the other ones, they're very distinct. They're very, they've got their own colour. You can see the yellow one. You can see the red one. They're fighting. It doesn't seem like a big mush of... I mean, I have always thought the Transformers did a fantastic job of the big battles. CG is always great. Yeah. And again, this CG is, you know, you will believe that it's running about. It's crazy. Um, So what I liked about this movie, Bumblebee, and why it's my favorite Transformers movie is I like, I know it's kind of copied from a load of other things, but the, you know, it feels like you're watching something else you've seen before, I guess. But I like it because it reminds me of like the eighties movies, like or something like Knight Rider, or you know, mm-hmm. like a young girl who's she's actually pretty cool. This girl in this movie, she's called Charlie, and she, you know, she's lost a father. So there's that story, which adds a bit of dimension, I think, to her character. I mean, they always have that, right? One yeah. has no mother, one has no father. Right. It's the Disney way: kill off a parent, yeah. or a sibling. But it makes a makes her you can feel for her a bit more like than just this, mm-hmm. you know. So, you know, she's uh, she's into mechanics and fixing up old cars. She gets an old she gets this old Beetle. Turns out to be Bumblebee. Spoiler. Shocking. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the relationship it's like ET. I mean, that's what I'm thinking. It's you know, they all are. Yes. Yeah, they're sprung together. They have to keep it a secret, but there's a bond between them. A person from another, you know, he's from another planet, but he, but he, you know, he's cute, isn't he? Like, he's got, like, human, Yeah. you know, he learns everything from us, basically. And he's, you know, not threatening, and he's cool, and when he's the car, you know, she's driving in the car, and he can transform, all that looks great. But then there's, like, the story of her, she's not, like, we mentioned this earlier, didn't we? She's not a sexualized teenager. Correct. Which is, I she's said to just you, a teenage girl. And she's turning 18. Therefore, we've got her out of the like woods of anybody yeah. hinting at being creepy. We literally have a, a birthday. Girl. She in wears this normal, movie. the clothes she's got on are exactly the clothes we would have wore. Or my friends would have worn in the eighties. There's nothing. I mean, it's very stylized for her character type. Of course, we want to claim that she's been working on cars her whole life with her daddy and, you know, she's a bit of a tomboy kind of situation. So you have to buy into that. But I think they did a good job of not yeah. overdoing that and not, you know, stripping her down to like... Because when you watch the original Transformers and that scene that mo- any of us men can't get out of our head, right? Because it's I don't know, it's just men. Well, yeah, you'll remember fair. it too. But I remember it and also women who like women. But the most- ridiculous scene where um, you first meet Megan Fox, where she's leaning over that motorcycle Are in you that men are all creeps in her um it's like you're watching a music video you're like whoa all of a sudden we got all sexy what's going on it's pretty gross yeah and that continues throughout those um michael bay movies not just with her because there's different women but it, it's always like that and in this they dropped all that i mean she's there's just none of it yeah yeah there's not in fact in fact they went as far as to drop it completely not her, her not have even though they introduce what could in any other film be a love interest Spoiler. is not a love interest, right? <laughs> Correct. 
Um, which I like too. Yep. Because obviously there's a, there's a dude who likes her and. He's, but she do, he doesn't define who she is or make her character any stronger or. Or even get weaker. with her. Yeah. yeah. You know what? It, you know, we just watched Santa Clarita Diet. Those two? <laughs> the the daughter and the dude? Yeah. Their relationship's like that. Yep. Yeah. It's this, and it's good. I like it. And, you know, it's not usually done. Usually watch these movies. The boy and the girl have the interactions throughout and then at the end they kiss, right? And then it ends. Right? But that's not how this it's one It's not works. happening so much these days, which is no. good. So I really enjoyed all that. Uh, and as far as the interaction... Oh, I, you know what I also liked? The Decepticons. These Decepticons are evil. These two. Yeah, they are. I'm talking like... Aren't they always, though? We've watched the other Transformers movies, and I feel like they established evil better with these two. Because these two are just evil. Like, they turn up, they... What do they do? They evaporate a human. <laughs> yeah. Literally evaporate somebody. Like, they, they're just goo left. And take joy in it. And take joy in it. And say, oh, they pop. You know, one of them says it. Oh, I like how they pop. Meaning, you know, they explode. And they're really evil, and their little plan, like, <laughs> their plan is that, I love that plan, that it involves, like, the creation of the internet. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's funny things like that in this that we know about, and it's like, oh, they're playing with stuff from the 80s. Because um, they're like, you know, they go, the the head military people are there, and the two Decepticons are like, those implements you use to talk to each other, and they're like, you mean phones? And they're like, yeah. Do they connect worldwide? And they're like, yeah. And then next thing you know, the Transformers have created the internet. And yeah. they're communicating all around the world with this. I mean, again, that's subtle. Some people would, wouldn't catch that. Right. I know that it seems really painfully obvious, but I think some people would be like, not even, it would go over their head. They wouldn't even get what you're saying. Well, those are the, those are the things in this movie where I was like, oh, that's really cool. I like that. <laughs> You know, playing with the time period and playing with the sci-fi thing. Um, I thought the action sequences, obviously, in all Transformers movies, the CG is just, it's impeccable, I think. I think it's some of the best CG. And we've actually talked about it before. Why is it so good? And I think it's, we don't we don't see robots wandering around. So I think it's, it's easily sold to us if it's done well. Right? Yeah, there's no, like, human element that can make our eye go, eh. Yeah. That seems... So they look smooth. They look like they're in the scene every time. They're lit properly. And there's never a moment in any of the Transformers movies where I'm like, oh, look at that green screeny thing. It just actually looks like there's a Transformer. One of my favorite scenes in this movie, um, she takes Bumblebee as a car to the beach to teach him like, if anybody comes, you need to disguise yourself, which is major part of the Transformers. But she's telling him, you know, and he's doing a demonstration of it on the beach. And it just looked like it was all there. Mm-hmm. She's like, okay, what do you do if somebody comes? And he transforms like straight into the, the car. And then she's like, what do you do? If, and then he's like hovering in the corner. But everything looks, there's not a problem ever. And like... We watched something... Oh, we watched Creed 2 last week, and I said to you, it just looks green screeny to me. This doesn't... It didn't to me, so that's, that's kind of a you thing. But. Yeah, that definitely did, and this never does. And it's up to the quality of the standalone movies that Michael Bay did. Um, it's got a lot of heart. I'm not 100% on 
I don't 100% love the John Cena story yeah, bit. I agree. It's a bit silly. Like, they try and make it like that like slapsticky thing, you know, at the beginning where he's doing the paintballing thing. And they do the, the super lazy thing where as soon as humans see anything with no questions whatsoever, they immediately want to destroy it. They do that in almost every 80s movie, all yeah, the Transformers movies, everything that's big when Godzilla comes around or any of those, it's like, blow it up! And yeah. he just falls into that. And the John Cena thing, he's he's basically, and we've seen we've seen them before in Transformers movies, like, He's not as goofy as, but the John Turturro character in the other ones, where, yeah. he's, where he's the FBI guy. Who's, but this guy's a military guy, kind of like The Rock, actually, in the Transformer movie. And he's, you know, tough, but they don't do much with him. And there's a bit of an emotional thing at the end that's supposed to pay off, I guess, but it doesn't. You, nah. know, the, you know, where he salutes. Yep. I, know, I understand what they were going for, but I was kind of like, eh, you know. I would have much preferred maybe if they would have... He would have been involved in the battle and died or something. I don't know. God. <laughs> but I guess they want John Cena for a sequel, maybe. But um, yeah, the only thing I have a problem with is the John Cena thing. It, it kind of seemed... Um, every time it came back to the John Cena scenes, I was like, oh, can we go back to watching Charlie and Bumblebee, please? Because we know that what's going on over here. They're coming, the Decepticons. Uh, if you've watched any of the Transformers movies, guess what's going to happen? They're all going to come to Earth and have a war. Yeah, this isn't like, you know, anything new for <laughs> no. the Transformers world. I mean, we know, this is a prequel, and we know from watching the other movies that shit is going to go down on Earth throughout, you know, six different movies. This is before the shit has hit the fan. And the battle at the end, because it's a prequel... It can't be as giant and huge as, like, you know, 50 Decepticons and 50 Autobots fighting. It's Bumblebee against these two badasses, really. They're, they're really badass, aren't they? And Bumblebee has to fight them yeah. both. It's a smaller scale battle, but it's still really exciting. Like, I like the the water thing, and the I liked when they transform. One of them transforms into a helicopter, and one, one of them does a plane. And it's real seamless when they do it. And it's really cool. Like they, they're, they're trying, the main end game type thing is they're trying to rig up this satellite mast so they can broadcast their. And tell all the Decepticons to, to come, come to Earth to kill everybody. No, their main objective is to kill Optimus Prime. Right. But they so did in order, say. On knowing the- that Optimus Prime is coming there, destroying the Earth yep. is the way you can trap him. And right. then kill him also. So there's that plot. It's and, a trap. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like a contained story, and it's the origin of Bumblebee, and it's really fun and funny. There's like some funny, like in the middle, like the, like you said, the E.T. part. Yeah. Where Bumblebee's left in the house on his own. You remember when E.T. was left in the house on his own, and he went and explored a little bit, and things kind of got out of hand? Well, things really get out of hand when Bumblebee is left <laughs> in your house on his own. Because he's pretty big, and you don't want him wandering around your living room, let's say that. <laughs> so th- that's really funny. I liked when they, there's a little subplot where they go and get a revenge on a bully. I thought that yeah, was really fun. I didn't. I thought I needed to be worse, because she was a bitch. Well, no. I'm, I'm, it was just fun. Like, you it need was to like, hang her from her toenail in the tree. And let her leave there crying and screaming. Yeah, well, it's just a silly... like. Um, she was a bitch. 
You know, when people come, she was the one that you're supposed to hate, and she was nasty. She even brought up her dead dad. That's just nasty. People complain about Transformers movies having product placement, like (laughs) like some of them have beer product placement. This one actually has toilet roll product placement. Charmin toilet paper, (laughs) which is very funny. I think it. I think that was actually them making fun of what people kind of complained about in the others. Maybe. I think it, it seemed that way, like, oh, you know, we'll we'll do toilet roll. We won't do beer and Pepsi. <laughs> but it's kind of funny. So, overall, it's my favorite Transformers movie. I think it's really fun. I think anybody can... I know you say there's some people getting blown up and stuff. Yeah. I mean, I didn't say it. That's how it is. But I think, I think most kids will get a kick out of it. The movie itself. Sure. I think it's got a fun message. I think she's a really good heroine. And, um... I really like that, you know, she's actually the first female lead in a Transformers movie, if you realize. Mm. I mean, there's been females, but usually relegated to sexy females in the background. What do you think of the parents? They're all right. Pretty uh, innocuous. Similar to Witwicky's parents. Stepfather, mother, yeah. who wants everybody to be happy. They have the, Similar, you know, but not as cartoony. Right, because they were pretty much, weren't they? I, I always, I always remember in the other Transformers movies when Witwicky's parents, when he goes off to college and they go to college, and there's something about weed that they seem. Hmm. It was like a whole subplot of weed. They get accused of like smuggling weed. Or I, I was always watching it, thinking, "What is this? Is this some other movie? Like, <laughs> or is this just Michael Bay thinking, hey, everybody will laugh if we do a weed subplot?'" I don't even remember. It was that. Poor. So moving on to the cast, um, Haley Steinfeld plays Charlie. We actually, she was uh, into the Spider-Verse. She was the Spider-Woman. Is that what that character was called? Spider-Woman? Yes. Voice of Spider-Woman. She's actually a, a pop star, primarily. You've probably heard some of her songs. Go and listen to them on YouTube. Um, but now she's uh, obviously getting into the movie business. And you know what? She's my favorite thing of all the Transformers things. Like she's my I like Shia LaBeouf, mm. all those be- I think this girl really pulled off that kind of innocent but spunky and cocky. Not cocky. <laughs> I mean she has a grown woman. Yeah. She's not a girl. But she, she comes <laughs> she's a girl in the movie, right? Like Well no, she's eighteen. Yeah. But still seems like a girl. Yeah. Um but I think she really pulled it off. I, th- I think she was... Re- there was like emotional scenes where she had to be emotional with Bumblebee and we obviously know Bumblebee don't exist. Sorry, kids. <laughs> so she's like looking at a tennis ball or something, but like she was really emotional. Yeah, she did a fine job. I really liked her. I'd like to see her again and, you know, crop up in... I don't know how they would do that. I mean, this was really popular, so we know they're going to do some more Transformers. Well, of course they are. I don't think it would be directly related to this, do you? Like another movie? I don't think it'd be Bumblebee 2. I think it'd be mm. something else. But I really liked her. Um, her, like we say, not a boyfriend, but her friend, who's a boy, is called Jorge Lendenberg Jr. Do you know who Le- no. Lendenberg Sr. is? No. His, his character name is Memo. And, you know, he's kind of a nerdy kid who fancies her. We only think he's nerdy because he says that he about himself. We nerdy, have yeah. we have no idea. Well, he's very two dimensional. Stuff that comes uh-huh. out of his mouth is pretty. When he when he tries to insult the bully, and it's not he's not very cool. 
Let's see. I don't know. They kind of shorthand it, so you just kind of have to fill in the dots. He's pretty flat, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. He's a, not a great addition. He's just a sidekick, isn't he, really? I mean, he's fine, but yeah, it's a bit mm, um, unnecessary. John Cena, mentioned earlier, plays Agent Burns. He's a WWE star who... I actually kind of like him when he's funny, and he's not actually funny in this. We saw him in that movie, um, Sisters. Mm-hmm. Where he was playing that like outrageous, like it was kind of like a drug dealer who turned up at that party, and he was really funny. Like I like when he's funny, but in this, he's, he has to be serious to be this guy, and it doesn't really work for me. Hundred percent. It's like The Rock. He's kind of like The Rock the way he acts. In I mean, this could have been The Rock, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like. <laughs> But The Rock would bring some, like, they would put something funny about it, or they would, he would, he'd charm you with something. I don't think John Cena does that. He's just this two dimensional military character immediately, in Immediately, literally immediately, as soon as they see Bumblebee, they start trying to blow he it up. wants to kill it, yeah. Yeah. With no questions or nothing. Just shoot that thing. Yeah. Yeah. And he's really two-dimensional and, you know, even, like I say, the emotional thing at the end with his salute. Yeah. It doesn't really... So I Commendable, but not necessary. Yeah, and I know you don't need to slapstick everything up, but he's not got much personality is what I'm trying to say. Uh-uh. Um, Pamela Adlon, who I really love, she plays Sally the Mother. Um, if you ever watch the TV show Louis, Louis C.K.'s, um, what would you call it? Sitcom? Controversial. Is it a sitcom? Yeah, I'd say. Yeah, he did a show on um, FX for a few, well, three or four years. And she was his, like, she used to be his girlfriend in it, but then she's not anymore. And she was always very, very funny in it. And that's what I know her from, really. And in this... She's just, like, overly concerned mom, but then she's kind of like the 80s movie mom, like, oh, okay, honey. Yeah. Whatever you say. Yeah. Yeah, she is... um, but she's good. I liked her in it. Um, Steven Schneider plays Ron. Ron is um, Charlie. Her dad's, oh, I said at the beginning, her dad's died. So mum's got a new boyfriend, Ron. I like, I mean, he becomes part of the family throughout it, doesn't he? Like, at first she, she's Not dismissed. Not really. Yeah, but at the end you could tell she liked him more. That was he their did intention, the cool but the- it was pretty useless, to be yeah. honest. Well, I liked Ron. Ah, oh, nice. I recognized him as well, but I don't know where from. He was one of those guys. <laughs> uh, and then, finally, Jason Drucker as Otis. He's the little brother. Doesn't really get a lot to do. He's all right, It's kind of funny. Yeah. Um, this is directed by Travis Knight. He's not actually directed a live-action movie before. He directed Kubo and the Two Strings. It's an animation. Um, it actually nominated for an Oscar, that, mo- that movie. But he's not done any live action, and this is his first one. And I think it's a fine job. Like, the whole thing is really fun. So I think it's the the 80s vibe, the music, the special effects are all on point. You know? Like I say, the only problem I have is the John Cena scenes. I think they're kind of, you know, they're not Mm -hmm. quite as crafted well as the rest of it. Okay. I like the baddies. I like Bumblebee. I like her. You know, the adventure between them all. I like the, you know, there's like a kind of a comic-y scene where... They're being chased by a policeman. It's really funny through a tunnel and like this, you know, comedy stuff with Bumblebee. But um, yeah, do you like it as much as me? And you I had like a good time. Yes, there's lots of 
flatness with some of the characters, but overall it's really fun. And I feel like I could just watch it without rolling my eyes every five minutes about the dummy dumbness of it. Right. <laughs> and this has really good sound. I have to make note of the audio. It was really, really good. What mm-hmm. did you think? I mean, I never care about that like you do, but yeah. Yeah, it was very immersive um, surround sound. And you know when the voice of Optimus Prime comes through those speakers? Jeez, it's like... (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, no, it's really, really outstanding sounding. So um, there are some extras on the Blu-ray. There are uh, animated motion comic. There's um, 14 deleted and extended scenes and outtakes. And then there's a making of split into parts. There's also a really cool in the packaging, which you might not even notice. But if you go, go inside the packaging, open the box, and behind the thing, there's a comic book, an actual physical color comic book, which is the prequel to the movie. So it's the fight, you know, that we see at the beginning on Cybertron. It's more of that, but more detail on it. So you actually get a free comic book. So it's pretty good in terms of extras. And uh, what was that producer guy? Bon Venito, or whatever he's called. How uninterested did he seem in the extras? Yeah. Very. Like, yeah, it's another freaking movie. <laughs> this is what we do. And this I have to say, is. whatever that guy's called, he's, the direct, he's, a, he's a producer on a lot of movies. We see him on a lot of extras. He's like Bon Venito, or he's like a really major Hollywood producer. Whenever you see him talking about any movie, whatever it is, I think we last saw him on A Quiet Place. He was on the extras for that. He just looks so uninterested. Like, it's yeah, like... like he's over it all. It's all It's no like, oh my deal. God, I have to go and talk to the camera again. Can I not? Yeah, and these idiots listening to me? Like, really? I said to you, he looks He looks like he, he's, what he's thinking. This is what he's thinking in his mind. I could be at home <laughs> in a bath full of dollar bills, or I could be here talking to this boring thing, you know? But uh, anyway, it cut between him talking really bored to Haley Stanfield, who looked super enthusiastic. It was like a big disconnect. Yeah. I was like, oh, wow, she's really into this movie. He doesn't seem to be. Or he does. He just was waiting for the end. You know, he likes the receipt at the end, doesn't he, when he gets the profit. So, um, yeah, that's... We're being the- very harsh. We don't know this person, but yeah, that's how it seems. So IMDb reviews on this movie. What... What is the IMDb reviews <laughs> section of this show? <laughs> I like to go on IMDb every week and find the... I, I just sort it basically by like one-star reviews to see people who don't like this movie, whereas we do like it. Let's see what the people who don't like it think of this movie. Okay. So number one, <laughs> it's the worst Transformers movie of all time. Alright. And I'll do my voice. This is the voice of a person who writes a bad review on IMDb. (laughs) Honestly, I thought this movie would be pretty good. The beginning of the movie is awesome. But then they make 75% of the movie about a girl. I went to see a movie about Bumblebee, not a girl. My favourite part was when he picked her up and put her in a dumpster. Oh my god. (laughs) Right on, guy. That's yeah. great. So I that's mean, from, come on. So good review, Ryan Fortier. Uh, okay. CN Landry writes, Terrible. Terrible. Wow. This move was terrible. It like the sci-fi and Disney Channel 
created an epic piece of trash and made it into a movie. Epic piece of trash. Yeah. Nice. Um, what else we got? <laughs> Why are people so severe? And they don't even say, I mean, we're severe sometimes, but I'd like to think I've added like why I think a thing. You know, if something's yeah. two-dimensional or a person's two-dimensional, it's because I'm not getting to know them and they're there when they're written in for nothing more than to fill 30 seconds worth of talking or to do a task that we need to go from this scene to that scene. And in the middle, you're like, who who the hell was that guy? Like, he didn't do anything to help the story or whatever. That's where we're coming from. These people are like, it sucked. It was a waste of my time. And I always want to know, what else are you doing with all of this precious time of yours? Here's a one-star review from Leech14482. Okay. This movie is 85 minutes of Bumblebee learning to talk on the radio. (laughs) It's basically the same plot as the original movie. And to top it off, literally just five minutes of robots fighting. Literally. What a dick. Uh, one star review from Lou. I'm sorry, everyone's entitled to their opinion. Lou Falsi gives this one star review. My God, where do I even begin? <laughs> Utterly ridiculous garbage about an 18 year old girl who adopts a beat up VW Beetle and then transform a mayhem and nonsense. The story is non-existent, the acting is atrocious, the CGI effects are below average even for CGI. Title vehicle turns into a transformer and that's all you need to know. Another obvious cash grab that only sets up the audience to buy a toy. Not only was the film abysmal, it will insult the intelligence of anybody with an IQ of over 50. And I'm sure that every middle-aged woman who drives a VW Beetle will butt a Bumblebee sticker somewhere in their car. (laughs) A word... To the wise is sufficient, so stay away. <laughs> Yet another PU movie from Lou. And I'm positive there will be a lot more. I don't know what that even means. <laughs> stay tuned. Is his Oh fun. my goodness. Seriously? Seriously, people. Come on. And finally, Zengizi says, What a shit show. I was thinking of a worse movie for 2018. Luckily, I found it just in time, and this is it. All the bad things you can find in a movie, you will find here. These people, I want to know them better. Yeah, I mean, where (laughs) where does... Do they get any pleasure out of anything? Oh, I tell you, actually, yes. The pleasure they get is from writing those reviews on IMDb. They're like... They're like this. Ooh. (laughs) True. True. I think you're right, actually. (laughs) That's exactly what's happening. So, each to to their own, I guess. Yeah, but make it meaningful at least just a little bit. Come on. Come on, I want you to make it meaningful. (laughs) All right, so um, we did not give this movie a 1 out of 10. We really liked it. So, thanks to Paramount for the Blu-ray. And next week, we'll be reviewing M. Night Shyamalama Ding Dong's Glass. You love those movies. The final part of the trilogy. So we'll be looking at that next week. Beautiful. Movie recommendations. I am going on. Uh, this movie has nothing. Michael Bay is the producer on this movie. So here's the link. Armageddon. If ever I mention Michael Bay, I will um, promote Armageddon. It's goofy. It's stupid. 
It's probably full of sexist stuff, uh, but it's really fun. It's just a fun end of the world movie that you can't take seriously because it's like a comic book. But I really like it. And my other one, thinking of giant franchises that I really like, it's Infinity War with the Avengers Endgame about to hit us. Um, Infinity War is about the... I was thinking, what's the big... You know, Transformers were like the biggest movies on the planet, I guess, at the time, weren't they? You know, like the giant popcorn movies. But now, like, I would think the Avengers is, or anything Marvel. So I'll, I'll recommend Infinity War. Just ready for you to see the new one. And yours are? Mine are pretty basic for this topic. Alien and Predator. Why, you ask? These are other creatures from other places. And battling sort of like the human... Um, well, one of them's hunting humans. And one of them... Well, I guess they both are, aren't they? Yeah. They're both hunting us down. They don't want to enslave us or anything. Just kill us. They just... Two of the best spacey movies I've ever and encountered in my life. Disney recently bought Fox completely outright. Talking about original Predator, by the way. Yeah. You may not love it, but I mean, it is better than any of the follow-up ones. But Disney did announce this week. Definitively. They are going to make a new Alien movie. Well. Now they own. Now they own it. worked out last time. Well, now maybe Disney will. Um, eh. if, I mean, some people would say. I would say. Disney bought Star Wars, and I'm really loving Star Wars. True. And some people would say, oh, they've ruined Star Wars. But I would not say that. So um, Disney, you know, they brought the Marvel thing to life, and look at that. So you never know what they could do with Alien. They said this week, uh, now we own Fox, we are going straight ahead with a new Alien movie, a new Kingsman movie, and a new Predator movie. Because those are three of the big franchises that... That last Predator movie that we just watched, that was a mess, really. Come yeah, on. Uh, yeah. There was some fun to be had with it, but it it was like a it was like, almost like it, they were making fun of the Predator, like a joke movie. Agree. So hopefully they don't go in that direction. I prefer the more like horrific kind of direction. So um, a Scully stuff this week. I have just been playing the Division Two all week. Um, I think I, I think I've played eighty hours of it. It's like hooked me completely. I said to you as well, my friend who died recently, oh. it was his favorite game, The Division. And, I, and he died very recently. And I said to you, oh, he would have definitely pre-ordered this game, Division 2, and now playing it a lot. And I used to play The Division with him. <coughs> so when I'm playing this new game, um, I'm, I keep thinking, oh, he would have really loved this. You know? Like, yep. it's such an improvement over the original. And he loves the... He loved the um, like the treadmill of uh, yep, getting better leveling stuff every time up, you play. Up. And this is how the division works. It's a looter shooter, as they call them. So you go on a mission, and you shoot a load of guys, and you get through the mission, and at the end you get a, a reward every time, and then you open up the box, and you're like, oh, that's a better gun than I, ha- and I have now. And then your next mission, you're trying out this new gun. You know, there's, there's always something cool around the next corner. And it is very addictive. You just want to load it up, do a mission, get some cool stuff, try that cool stuff, get some more cool stuff. <laughs> it's, I don't know, it's really, really well done, the way they let you unlock stuff. And uh, this week, there was a big DLC for it. They've added a new Stronghold, which is one of the, like, if you play Destiny, it's like a strike. You go out there with three three other people, and you do this giant um, set-piece battle 
This one ends up on this big hovercraft. It's really cool. There's loads of, like, there's more story to it. Um, and you'll get some cool loot from it. So uh, that is The Division 2. It's uh, Tom Clancy's The Division 2. Even though Tom Clancy died quite some time ago. Correct. Ubisoft do own the rights to his name. This game is not wrote by him, obviously. But it's inspired by his kind of universes. Uh, and the other thing, because I haven't played any other games, is we watched uh, the whole of season three of Santa Clarita Diet, which is one of my favorite Netflix shows, I have to say. It's, um, what is it? You explain it. Um, I don't know. I think people should just watch it. Well, you don't have to spoil it, but I give a premise. I don't know. I think you just need to watch the first episode. It's Santa Clarita Diet. It's about ta- doing a diet, losing weight. <laughs> no. It's about a very special diet where you mm. only eat very specific things. That is accurate. Yeah, true. Uh, I'll, I'll, it stars um, Drew Barrymore, Drew Barrymore, and Timothy, Timothy Oliphant. Yeah, um, and they are. I think together they are like really the comic timing between them both is it's really good. Like, and I, I think it's improved in this season. They're just like it's really perfect. The writing and the. Timothy Oliphant's face is just funny when he delivers a line. No, you're not saying elephant. You're saying Oliphant. Oliphant. Yep. Um, also the sheriff, or the marshal from Deadwood. Yeah. And there's Deadwood. There's a new Deadwood coming up. Ooh. <laughs> Which is about trips your trigger. Yeah. Deadwood, um, it's got to be 10 years ago, hasn't it, when it ended. Mm. And uh, it got cancelled. It was a HBO Western show. So good. We watched it every it's week. It's so good it got cancelled. It was really good though, wasn't it? It's Absolutely. one of those it's one of those to shows us, where, you, yeah. where we were like, it got cancelled? What what are you talking about? It's so good. Like it's it's like Game of Thrones level good. Like, why did it get cancelled? We don't get it. But now, like ten years later, they're doing a special one off two hour episode, which they're calling it a movie. And it's the it finishes the story off. So we've always been on this Oh, well, it didn't really end. It was just a, you know, <laughs> slice of life kind of thing, and it never really ended. Well, now we're actually going to get an ending, which is really cool, but probably weird in a continuity uh, way if you watch the show and then the movie, because everybody will be 10 years older all of a sudden, right? I mean, you notice that stuff more. I mean, if they've made it 10 years later, then that's fine. Yeah. Then that'll make total sense. Well, yeah, maybe. I don't know how long the Deadwood thing lasted. Uh, if I think you the don't show know lasted longer than the town. Yeah, uh-huh. it, it was a town that cropped up because people were gold mining at that time. and they oh, It wasn't just that. I mean, it's all the towns as America or the idea of America expanded westward. That there was no real centralized government at the beginning. There was no real law. It was the Wild West. So people were homesteading and building towns and the railroad was being built. And so it was the Wild West, yes. But Deadwood was uh, set up, I mean, that show explains, it was like people were going to pan for gold around this area. Some, but a lot of people were building the railroad and crime and all kinds of It's kind of a touristy thing (laughs) for these people who come in. For the rich people from New York. Would like to come out yeah. west and yeah, but it, what a, it was a really cool show and I'm just it's, I saw the trailer for like the new I was like wow they've actually done it I was I, it was a rumor for so long but no it's coming so Santa Clarita Diet on Netflix there's three seasons they're really short the seasons unfortunately it's like um half an hour an episode right and there's ten episodes in each yeah. season 
They're and it seems short. to fly by, doesn't it, when you watch Absolutely. it? Absolutely. You're like, oh, really? It's over. So, um, yeah, there's three seasons up there. Uh, if you like comedy. Comedy. <laughs> you might like it. Diet. So what's for dinner? Tonight we are having Papa John's because they do not feel like cooking. So we're having pizza and mashed potatoes because that sounds good. <laughs> I just have pizza. I don't like mashed potatoes. You can have pizza. soup. You've got chips. Pizza. Yep. That's it, really, for that. What's in, and my nose is getting really runny, but I don't want to blow it or suck it here on the air. So do you're it. Just gonna have to do listen some to the, sound effects. You're just going to have to listen to the clogginess. Um, are you wanting my advice now? Is that what you're going for here? Yes. Um, this last week, at work, this is like having a cold. This seems like not a big deal compared to a lot of problems people are going through. It is nothing. Last week, um, one day at work, I work in a data center. We have a mainframe, and on the mainframe, there is a messaging system. Old fashioned. It's a green, it's a black we call it a green screen. Black screen, green letters. Any old people who've ever worked on old computers know what it looks like. So I went to do something, I came back and there was a message popped up from I'm the supervisor and one of my coworkers, um, staff people that works in a different room sent me a message that said, I just got a call about my sister, she died. I have to go tell my mother. And I was like, What? Like that it was just typed up there, like you're getting a text like that, right? So I immediately go down to the print room, and he was already gone. And I was asking my other coworker, and he was like, he just said he got a call, and they finally figured out who she was. She was she was just in the process of getting a divorce, going back to college. She was 40 years old, teenage daughter, walking around the edge of her houseboat with a box because um, she was moving there, I guess, slipped and fell, and passerbys, passersby, saw her, but could not help her. She was fully dressed, and she had this box in her hand, and she just drowned. Like, fell off of her houseboat and drowned. And I was like, oh, Like, I have two sisters and a brother. And she was the baby of the family. I'm the baby of the family. And my advice is to go with your instinct with these things sometimes. I know it's awkward. Like, I don't know my coworker's mother at all. I don't know his family. I wasn't even sure how many sisters he had. That is the truth. We don't really discuss a lot of personal stuff, right? He's just not that type. But I had this feeling. I just had this this like overwhelming feeling of like, Oh my gosh, if I, I need to send something to his mother, I can, he'll be, he was even going to come in the next day for work. And that's the kind of person he is. He doesn't like to miss work and he needs that balance. He wanted to come in for, you know, to do mundane tasks. You know how it is when someone dies. It's this endless barrage of emotion and paperwork, emotion and paperwork. It's, it can really make you sick. And he was like, I'm coming in tomorrow. So we'll, I'm like, okay. So I figured he's going to be at work so I can talk with him and I can go down and say, hey, you need to go take a break. You need to leave whenever you want. So I can kind of manage his, you know, emotional needs as much as you can, you know what I mean? To kind of keep a tabs on him. But his mother, I just thought I projected from what I would imagine my mother would be going through. <laughs> like it was overwhelming though. It wasn't even like, it was just, it wouldn't leave my mind. You know, and I'm not like that. I'm usually like, uh, nah, move on. This was like, I have to send her something. I don't want to call her. I don't know her. She doesn't know me. I know nothing about her. So I looked around a little bit for flowers online and plants and stuff. And I just had this weird feeling like, I feel like she needs some kind of plants and really colorful. And then you're, I'm like, uh, is that offensive? Like this horrible thing has just happened and I'm sending her something colorful. And I was just kept looking at 
the colorful ones, like the cheerful ones, instead of like a big bouquet of roses or lilies or something. And I'm like, I'm just going to go what I think. So I ordered her this. I called him up and said, I just want something with a big plant and some little plants that she can then take care of and some colorful flowers. And the girl's like, oh, I have the perfect thing. I have these tulips that are in these little pots and then they can plant them out and these whatever. She described it to me and I'm like, in a big yellow bow. And I thought, I mean, that sounds like a birthday thing, you know, a celebratory thing, but I just was like, nope, that sounds right for some reason. So ordered it. It came, my coworker came up and I said, we're coming around the corner and I said, I don't know your mother and I can take care of you here, but I just want her to know we're thinking of her. And we walked around the corner and he got super emotional and he was like, how did you know yellow was my mother's favorite color? And she loves her yard and she lets things grow wild and she loves plants and all this stuff. And I was just like inside. I'm like, yes, <laughs> like <laughs> awesome. So he took it. And then the next day he told me, he's like, that was the first, it had been like three to four days now, you know, since the daughter had passed away because it was the first flowers anyone sent. She didn't have any, you know, people were calling and stuff, but now she just has it sitting right there and she keeps fussing over it and she loves it. And I was like, Oh, <gasps> Perfect. So for that, you know, I couldn't, I almost couldn't ignore that instinct to do something for her. And I have no idea why. I just felt it like I keep thinking it's because I can imagine my mother. And if someone did that, she would be just like that eternally. Like, oh my God, it made my day. It, you must be said, a human being. He said, she said it was a ray of sunshine on a very terrible day because the sister was many miles away, like many states away. And that was the day they were trying to figure out how to get her body back here. And so she got that in the middle of that day. And so, you know, sometimes within reason, within your budget, whatever it takes, a little gesture to somebody, even if you don't even know them, you just kind of go with it because if it would make you feel better, you know? You saying I'm a human being? Yeah. With emotions? Yeah. Totally. I don't know. I'm pretty cold-hearted. <laughs> no, apparently Most of the you're time. a human being. With oh no, no, no! I take it all back. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my advice: go with your instinct on those things. Don't be afraid to put yourself out there. The worst that can happen is it's, you know, it's just part of. It's unappreciated on the other end, but you're not doing it for that. I wasn't. I was doing it for just hoping that that was something. You know, like anything. That made that day a little bit better. So, all right. So, um, thank you for that. Thank you. You oh, thank can you. Uh, catch this. You can go to ascoli.com, go to Twitter and Facebook. You can uh, listen to this podcast on the Google Play. I actually got um, before when you talk to your Amazon or your Google device, you had to say, um, My Amazon device is suddenly listening. <laughs> You had to say, listen to After the Show podcast on TuneIn. You can drop the TuneIn part now and just say, listen to After the Show movie podcast. It will play you the latest episode. Mm. Um, so that makes it easier. Listen to After the Show movie podcast. You can do that on Google devices or Amazon devices. You can also watch this on YouTube. Well, you can't watch it. Mm -mm. But you can listen to it on there. You really don't want to. No. <laughs> you don't want to see me right now. I've got a blanket wrapped around me. My hair's pulled back like I'm some kind of like, I don't even know what. My face is red and flushed and I have a glass of kombucha next to me that looks a little bit like really bad pee. <laughs> you can also um, Yum. catch this on all those uh, podcasty places. iTunes, Google Play, RSS feed. 
If you go to aceglay.com, click on the word podcast, you can even listen to it on the page. You can listen to it anywhere you want, however you want. You can email feedback to me at aceglay.com. Don't email SidTalk. And um, finally... You can find me on Instagram. I'm going to post a picture of your bumblebee on there because it's pretty cute. And my bumblebee. Your little statue. Oh, little yeah. figure. Did you take a picture of it? I did. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, I do have a little statue. This is the way I said to Sid Talk, we were watching the movie, I said, Bumblebee has always been my favorite. Look on top of that shelf. And <laughs> I have a statuette of him. So, um, yeah, stay classy, Mr. Michael Bay, even though... You're not that classy. You're probably not. You know? Is that slander? And I'm going to say, no. <laughs> to say somebody's not classy, no. And I'm going to say, think for yourselves. If you don't, someone will do it for you.